1: Download the
0: Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: This is Colosso Supremo. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk with Emmy award-winning play-by-play man Dan Dibley and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, because Rick, it's an international break, we should probably keep it international, but it always must start. Go! Placido Domingo, go! (laughs) (laughs) Mezzo Soprano. Soprano. (laughs) Colasso Soprano, go!
0: You know what I love about Placido Domingo? It's the same name as a horse Sunday Silence.
1: Is that that's, what that means? Kind of. Wow. Speaking of horse I, racing, these are the uh, I think justified, of. testing positive ahead of the Kentucky Derby. Wow.
0: Timothy Oliphant. Good series.
1: <laughs> Incredible. It's Rick Tittle. <laughs> it's Dan Dibley. Golasso Supremo. We will get you ready for match day five in the Premier League. We'll take a quick glimpse all the way back to match day four, which happened some time ago. But also, mm-hmm. it is the international break. Rick, what's Tickle in your international soccer fancy. Well, there
0: are some qualifiers as well. And, <coughs> excuse me, live, po- live pod. <coughs>
1: um,
0: these are just, I have some notes from the international break that I, I jotted down that I thought were um, maybe not 10-minute long anecdotes, but I thought they were kind of interesting. One of them was uh, Gus Mostosas. He is the head coach of the Costa Rican national team. Los Ticos. Los Ticos, yes. Um, He quit because he said he was bored. Now, I understand it because as he put it, I don't get to have my team. They're all overseas. I get them for three days. Then I got to go to a tournament and then I don't see them for two and a half months and I sit around all day and I make up these lineups and I can't take it anymore. But it's funny, I'm... That is the job of the international manager. Right. But, but usually what happens is, like in England, you'll see whoever's England manager at Old Trafford. At-
1: Gareth Southgate right now?
0: Yes. It's hard to believe he's the manager, but... Hard to believe
1: I pulled that out of my uh, my Southgate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Thank you. I just... Sometimes you win, sometimes oh, wow. you lose.
0: That's the best one so <laughs> far. <laughs>
1: Good night, Cleveland. <laughs> um, England five, Kosovo three. <laughs> and a <laughs> yeah. boy Gareth,
0: Harry uh, Harry Kane hat trick, and that won a couple of pins. But um, you know, you go to these games and you talk to the skippers, and you'll go to a practice, and you say, "I'm going to watch Chelsea practice today because there's a couple of, there's a couple of young guys on the under 21s." Well, if you're in Costa Rica, San Jose el, el Capital, he's like, "I can't take it. I quit. I'm bored." But this is this is the manager of a national team. And in a way, I was shocked. But in another way, I kind of understand it. Your thoughts?
1: Well, I think from the standpoint of bored, maybe it's not the correct way to describe your feelings. Because I guess it is, quote, boring not having the players in camp and being able to work with them. But I think frustrating might be a more accurate way to describe it. Because you want to have your best players and you want to have them in camp. And sure, you'd like to have camp be longer- than it is, but the very nature of who you are, you're Costa Rica first and foremost. I don't believe that a lot of the players are playing in the Costa Rican first division. So there's a lot of travel for players to come back. And I'm sure they have a number of guys who play in major league soccer, or they, they probably play in the Mexican first division. And sometimes these, these leagues don't necessarily stop down, like as is the case with MLS. So you're not going to get all your players back especially when you are in the cycle of playing friendly. So I understand he said he's bored. Maybe it's frustration. Whatever it is, I think it speaks to a bigger problem, which is too many of these international breaks. It's one thing to have qualifying, and I know CONCACAF is going a long way toward making it less strenuous on the top clubs or the top countries, rather, to qualify. But for me, it's just too big of an ask right now internationally.
0: No, and, and and I understand that too. And, and plus, this is somebody who I think didn't do his research because he was a club manager, and so it's every day. That's why years ago Jose Mourinho was asked, "Would you like to be manager of England? Would you like to be manager of Portugal? Manager of Portugal?" And he said, "I'll do that when I'm an old, old man, because then you don't want to be in the thick of it." By the way, I do have. Uh, Story time with Uncle Rick. Love it. Which is going to be coming up. A couple more notes. Um, Shout out to Somalia, who won their first ever World Cup game. And these are in the qualifiers. They beat Zimbabwe one to nothing. And I know most of us think of Mogadishu and Blackhawk down, and we think of them as the enemy. But there are a lot of great people in Somalia. It's a different time. And what a wonderful thing. They're not going to go to a World Cup ever so they won their first ever qualifier, and that was. Uh, just want to give them just a little shout out, dude.
1: That's a great shout out. And you know, you get into some of these situations like France is taking on Andorra, I believe, and it, it's five nothing, and mm-hmm. it's obviously a one sided matchup. But oh, actually, three nothing was the final trois et nil mm-hmm. or zero, whichever you prefer. As we keep it international here sure. during the international Absolutely. break, I think it's still a thrill for Andorra to have the opportunity. To go out there and play against some of the best in the world in the defending World Cup champ. Same thing with Kosovo, although they got three goals off of an English side, which that's a little bit of a shock to the system.
0: They scored in the first minute, too, and that's the kind of thing. I remember when England, it was desperate that they were going to make uh, the USA tournament, and they had already thrown away a game. Uh, in uh, at Feyenoord when they were playing against Holland and the referee didn't blow his whistle. Ronald Koeman brought down David Platt. These are the things that were killing me. Losing at Norway, losing at home to Norway. But they were going to play Montenegro, which we know is a landlocked little country in northern Italy. And that team was all run by cab drivers and librarians. And what they needed was they needed to beat Montenegro 15 to nothing and then they needed like Holland to lose so that was already not going to happen but as soon as the game started Montenegro scored and it was just like I was kind of thinking that again <laughs> with England but one other thing um, the thing I love about soccer is that as, as long as I have been a fan of English soccer every year I learn the name names of new teams that I have never heard of because it's, there's just too many of them which I think are great, not big big names, but I never heard of it. I heard of a I was looking at uh, African uh, World Cup qualifiers. That's how I found out about Somalia's victory. I saw the name of a country that I didn't know was a country. And that's São Tomas and Príncipe. There are these little islands near the Azores. Mm-hmm. I did not know they were a country, but here's the great thing. FIFA recognizes countries that aren't countries. Because Great Britain or the UK is a country with, with the United Nations and with the Olympic Committee. But no, it's Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, Eng- Wales, England. I think this is great. Now, a lot of people in UEFA say, hey, the UK has four votes. And I always say, those four countries hate each other. Right. They're not They're voting not <laughs> in unison. Yeah. Without a doubt. But so, uh, shout out to Sao Tomas and Prince.
1: And how do they do? do they, they lost. Was it
0: a close one or? Uh, no, but I checked the. I actually looked online. They have this amazing Indiana Jones type of uh, tower on the island, and uh, let me just. This doesn't really work on a pod, but you can look. Look what's on uh, Sao Tomás.
1: Indy, cover your heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredible, gigantic idol. Right? I know it's sort of like
0: um, Close Encounters, Devil's Tower, and it's. It's apparently it's a volcanic. Cone, which was my nickname when I was a quarterback, the Volcanic Cone. Really? I don't
1: know. That's not bad. <laughs> That's
0: not bad. You, can, uh, you can check it out. But uh, anyway, a little shout out to these countries who I always mention the Faroe Islands. They're a Danish protectorate. But as far as FIFA is concerned, they're a country like Puerto Rico, too. They have their own.
1: Team. Yes. And like uh, North <laughs> Macedonia is a country. As I'm looking at some of these uh, Euro qualifying results that have come in. Croatia drawing Azerbaijan. Luka Modric with a penalty spot goal mm-hmm. for the Croats, who have nowhere to go but down after their World Cup runner-up performance from uh, was that a year ago now, right? Twenty yeah, eighteen. Yeah, Russia eighteen.
0: Yeah.
1: Netherlands looking to reclaim a little reputation and pride for nothing over Estonia. Memphis Gigi Wijnaldum with goals in that one. Slovakia over Hungary, and then I see. North Macedonia over Latvia 2-0. Again, to your point, countries that you didn't realize were countries, according to FIFA.
0: I wonder if it's... It's sort of like South Novato Boulevard is also Novato Boulevard. So is North Macedonia the same
1: as Macedonia? That's a really impressive pull uh, right I there. I got a little Marin on you. That's fantastic. If I can go a little mm. Oakland on you, yeah. a good friend of mine, Luke Stauffenegger, mm. the, uh, the, the great Frenchman who was also has some German roots as well, saw you going into Krogan's over in Oakland recently yes. tried to get into a little soccer talk with you, and apparently you blew him off. Please explain. Whoa, is that what
0: he said? Shocking
1: developments oh at Oh, my gosh. I did not
0: do a Larry David Snow. And this
1: podcast could be brought to you by Krogan's. <laughs> uh, it's not. No. It a couple uh, free beers. And yeah, maybe was a we, while uh, back.
0: But anyway, he said, hey, Tittle, I hang out with uh, Steine and Dibs at the golf course. I said last time I was there, I ran into Dibs. I go, what's your name? Cool, shook his hand. The other guy was kind of drunk. He goes, I love your knowledge. <laughs> I love your knowledge. So I hung out, and I'm like, "Yeah, cool." I go, "Yeah, maybe I'll see you inside." It was a good, full couple minutes, and he counted that as a blow off.
1: I, I might have over, overplayed. Oh, okay. I might have overcharacterized <laughs> it just for you to tell the story. Oh, okay, but anyway, yeah, it's yes. uh, it was a, it was a tittle sighting, and so it's
0: it's hard. You know how it is. It's hard being out in public, Dan.
1: It's brutal. It's an absolute yeah. grind. Uh, one of the darlings of the last World Cup, I, I don't know about darlings, might be overplaying it, but Russia, they had a nice little run. They beat Kazakhstan, 1-0. I did want to ask you about the shaft. Talk about shaft. Mm. It's a bad country. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Germany, Dermanshaft, 2-0 yes. over Northern Ireland. What does, what does the young talent at the shaft look like? Because I was talking to the aforementioned Luke Staffanega mm-hmm. about Euro 2020. Who do I think are favored? So it's kind of a two-part question. Who do you like for Euro 2020 way in advance? Yeah. And tell me about the shaft.
0: Well, I, besides getting into like the, the U-17s, which I, I don't know about, I'll just I'll tell you to this way. I remember going, and I've been to Germany many, many times. I have relatives there and friends. But I remember going to um, this uh, camp. The, there are some countries that really embrace athletics, as we know, like the Australians. They're 1% of the world's population, but they win 20% of the Olympic medals, right?
1: And the Norwegians, too.
0: The Norwegians, they love their cross-country skiing, but Germany, the the technical side of soccer that they teach, and Germany and our generation has embraced immigrants because you think about, even when I was a kid, there hadn't been a Jackie Robinson, there hadn't been a black player yet on the Manshof. Now you have, you know, the Mehmet Ozuls and Mehmet Schulz the the Turkish guys, you got Boateng and and Kevin Prince and and Jerome. Um, You've got uh, guys like uh, Sammy... Uh, the Algerian, oh my Kadira, f- Kadira, thank you that. You're Sammy Kadira. So they're embracing that. Those guys are born and raised in Germany. They're Germans, you know they it's like go back to your home country. I remember I, Mehmet Scholl's like, I' have never been to Turkey. What the hell do I care about <laughs> Turkey? So, so they're embracing these guys, and the one thing Gary Lineker always said, soccer is a game you play for ninety minutes, and at the end the Germans win. <laughs> now, they had their worst World Cup ever. Last time, so you think about an angry bear, the Germans not getting to the knockout stages. I think there's going to be a hurricane of ambition from that system coming through because of how you know. For us, it were humiliated; we don't qualify at a Concacaf. For them, it's like what we didn't at least make the semifinals, right? Yeah, so they're going to be piping mad.
1: So you would apply that to the Euro 2020 <clears throat> yes. and say that they should be there. I think France obviously the primitive favorites England Belgium still with a lot of quality mm-hmm. and uh, the aforementioned Dutch maybe ready to rise up and compete.
0: Another thing too, when I was in England and I was uh, playing with these like 16-year-old kids and it was the most because I coached their basketball team and then I would also sometimes play soccer and they brought out these guys and they were the best teenage soccer players I'd ever seen in my life. They were amazing. And the one guy who was the star striker, they said, I go, are these guys, you know, have they signed uh, papers to go to academies? And they said, James over there got a, a trial with Lutontown and they didn't want him. I'm like, fourth division, Luton Town, didn't want that kid. And it just made me think about the, the quality of what I think is a good soccer player in America versus overseas, which is why sometimes we are left behind.
1: Yeah, and also the quality of the academies and the skills that are being mm, taught, the right. pipelines and the competitive nature of our youth programs. They will never be able to match up unless we start taking teams internationally when kids are 12, 13 and on up. Let me ask
0: you this. Let's say Tommy Thompson went overseas because he had a foreign passport like Christian Pulisic and at 16, he wasn't hanging around here. He was over there. Do you think we'd have the same player?
1: It depends on his individual makeup because we've seen players go over there mm-hmm. at various stages and the grind of being over there is too much, being away from home, et cetera. So mm-hmm. it really depends on the individual, which I think to Christian Pulisic's uh, credit, not his detriment, so far he hasn't shown any signs that the life of being over there as a teenager is affecting him too much from a negative standpoint.
0: That happened twice with Landon Donovan at Bayer Leverkusen. Right. By the time he got to play with uh Everton, he kind of I think he had grown up a little bit. The first time he said my girlfriend misses me, like, well, that does sound like a teenager type of thing. Yeah, Tell your that, girlfriend to wait and shut up. You're going to come back rich and famous.
1: Or get her a passport and have her yeah. come on over. Maybe a, a month-long Eurail.
0: By the way, let me throw this in just for fun. Throw it. The when um, Do you remember before the uh, World Cup in Korea and South Korea and Japan in 2002, um, Ireland was training in Saipan at a resort. And we think of Marines fighting a bloody ba- bloodbath on a beach when we think of Saipan. But now it's a resort. And that's where Mick McCarthy, the English manager, Roy Keane called him out. And Roy Roy Keane quit the team, their captain. So they went to the World Cup without him because the manager was English. But they had a striker. He used to play for Man City when they were no good, named Stephen Ireland. Stephen Ireland, uh, his girlfriend called and he said, your grandmother has passed away. You need to come home. And his grandmother raised him. He flew home for the funeral. And she said, she's fine. I just really missed you. And I, <laughs> I knew you wouldn't come back unless I right. threw that out. That's when you break up with someone. Can I break up with you retroactively before? Right. If yeah. only
1: you had a time machine to go back and uh, yeah. and make that breakup happen. It's good. Supremo. It's Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley still ahead. The premier league match day five preview comprehensive in nature and also story time. Yes. With uncle Ricky coming up. But first I want to, just ask your thoughts about Lionel Messi. It seems like Barcelona and Leo Messi are reaching a point where perhaps he will look elsewhere. He, Messi doesn't feel that they did enough to bring back Neymar from PSG. What do you make of, of Messi's future with the Catalan squad?
0: Well, he's been there since he was at the farm, or La Masia as they call it. He When he came over, they gave him growth pills. I don't know what those are. Don't think they worked. I think they were, <laughs> I think they were called HGH, which stands for Hate or Gonna Hate. <laughs> um, I don't know what it was, but he's been there his whole life, and so um, it, listen, I'm not saying he's an old man, but if he became available, uh, there would be a lot of clubs clamoring. I don't know what's going on with him because you know he retired from the Argentine national team right. before and came back, so. Maybe it's sort of like Kobe who threatened to retire six years in a row just to get people talking about it.
1: Yeah, Messi so. hasn't played this year. He's dealing with that calf issue, and uh, he apparently is a major doubt for next week's Champions League opener at Borussia Dortmund. So we should probably get into a little Champions League chatter here as well. But first... Uncle Ricky, tell us a
0: story. Well, I was thinking of um, when I went to see uh, England play at Old Wembley. This was a Euro qualifier for Sweden 92. This was October of 91, and England was playing Turkey. And all the tabloids said, well, we'll win 10 to nothing. And it was the last game ever for Brian Robson, Captain Marvel with Man United. And all my heroes from um, the World Cup uh, team of Italian 90 were playing, at least most of them. Um, But... The, in the program, the manager of Turkey was this guy named Sepp Piontek, He was a um, Danish guy. And he said, please respect the National Anthem of Turkey when it is played. And I thought, that's kind of odd. And then the guy got on the tannoy. Listen to him in the National Anthem of Turkey. And we ask you to please pay your respects for the National Anthem. So the Turkish anthem starts, you know, turkey, turkey. Is that really it? I don't know. But as soon <laughs> as it, it starts, it was like this Grateful Dead gyration dance that everyone did and they were going, uh, fingers, two fingers. Blah, 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 blah. English hooligans. Oh, everybody. And I'm like, wow. I guess that was a tradition to just destroy The other national anthem. And the funny thing is when England came out, they come out to pomp and circumstance. So it's like they're graduating. That's what they come out to because England has no national anthem. They play the national anthem of the United Kingdom. God save the Queen. God save the
1: Queen. Okay.
0: So there were about 20 years ago. They said, look, we can't do the UK anthem. We're England. So they thought about the New Jerusalem by William Blake. And did those feet in ancient times walk <laughs> upon England's mountains green? And was the holy lamb of God on it? En- and they like, no, we can't do that. No, I hope not. So then they just said. We'll Although they have
1: you if they need you to, to <laughs> so do they, a rendition.
0: They stuck with God save the queen. But that was funny for me. Um, yeah, there's no respect. Uh, that's why I always say England is the most polite and respectful place on the earth, simultaneously the worst. Like if you ask a cop here for directions, he'll flick a cigarette at you. In there, it's like, yes, sir, and they stand at attention. Or if someone, did anyone drop a fiver?
1: An American, you'd be like, hey, $5 bill, baby. Oh, my. Yeah. That's a great story. I did not know that about, uh, yeah. about the opposing national anthems. Now, does that, that doesn't persist today, does it? I don't
0: know. I have not been to an England match since then.
1: I'll have to keep an eye on that as we continue through yes. uh, Euro 2020 qualifying to see if they aren't a little bit rough on maybe the Benin. If Benin <laughs> happens to take right. them on in the group.
0: And plus the European boo, of course, is,
1: Ride the whistle. Yeah. You got to love it. Golosso Supremo, Rick Tittle, and Dan Dibley. Before we get into Champions League action, which is coming up here next week, I want to get your thoughts on Danny Drinkwater, who apparently Mm. was drinking more than water as he has injured ankle ligaments in an altercation outside a nightclub earlier this month. The Burnley player, on loan from Chelsea, was reportedly attacked by a group of people outside a Manchester nightclub and uh, Burnley apparently will stand by its defender.
0: It's funny because you have to be there. But he said all he was doing was chatting up another guy's girlfriend. So you either had a really, um, you had a guy who has no, really insecure guy. Like, don't talk to my girlfriend. Or there was a lot more than chatting up. Maybe there was a hunky honky. Who knows what <laughs> was going on?
1: Perhaps the- trying to holla.
0: Yes, there could have been uh, one of those old fashioned old fashioned bike horns, but he said he was just chatting up a girl. I I don't. It's hard for me to believe a guy getting his behind whipped because he just was saying, "Hey, can I give you my number?" You know. But then again, maybe the other guy was like, "You know, you danced
1: with my date." Right? (laughs) Do you mind if we dance with your dates?
0: You mind if we? (laughs) What (laughs) are you studying? (laughs) (laughs) Primitive cultures.
1: (laughs) Little animal house for you Um, on Golasso. Supremo Rick let's talk Champions League here before we uh, kick it over and uh, get a little Premier League going we've got a nice little slate coming up it all starts next Tuesday with the first matches of group play I guess Dortmund V Barcelona would be the marquee matchup you also have Liverpool uh, at Napoli Chelsea hosting Valencia anything that you're looking at here in the early going I know Tottenham Plays next Wednesday against Olympiacos. Mm-hmm.
0: They go to uh, Athens. It's, uh, I mean, listen, you. I think it's funny. Years ago in the Champions League, it was just champions. And I always talk about how Blackburn won the Premier League the second year of his existence. And that was the great Sutton and Schurr team with uh, Tim Sherwood and those guys. They went to Norway and they lost to like Bergen and they were out. But then that happened. It was either Juventus or Real Madrid. Same thing happened. They got knocked out and they go, no, no, no. Got to change the format. We we need at least, that's such a moneymaker. So they went to what they called the mini league. And now we call them group stages. Right. So you're going to get a minimum of six Champions League games. And if you get knocked out early, then you go down to the Europa League. Even then, there's still a parachute for you. So um, it's the old adage of win at home, pick up point on the road, but when you're playing when you're in a group of death or something like this the Grupo de Muerto, when you go to Olympiacos, you gotta get three points there, so that's it Barcelona and, and Borussia Dortmund Borussia Dortmund will just say if we can tie Barcelona, we're gonna be fine
1: You also have PSG and uh, Real Madrid mm, on Wednesday Wednesday is actually looking like a great day to watch football yeah. with the uh, Tottenham game against Olympiacos in the morning, 10 o'clock our time and then at noon PSG, Real Madrid, also simultaneous with uh, Juventus and Atleti, Atletico Madrid, mm. the team of the people. I just right. was visiting with my aunt, actually my wife's aunt, mm-hmm. Tia Susana, who has lived in Madrid for the better part of her life, and we were talking about the difference between Real Madrid and Atleti being
0: more the people's team. They are. They're the blue-collar team. They're not the Galacticos. They're not the fancy guys. um It's sort of like people will tell you in London, like having a team called Chelsea is like having a team called Beverly Hills. You know, it's like the nine Oh two one Oh type of team. But then again, I know some Chelsea fans that are got their teeth knocked out. They're all not all rich guys. But this is the same Tia that we were going to like hang out with had we gone to the Champions League final last year, right?
1: Right, absolutely. Yes. And uh, there's still hope for us this year to Sang- get some Champions League action.
0: Sangria and uh, tapas and all that good stuff. It's
1: all great. And uh, dinner at midnight because uh, yeah. uh, you wake up from your nap about 9 or 9.30, apparently, which uh, I have a hard time with.
0: Well, this is the thing. As Americans, we see them as lazy asses, but they haven't figured out. You should not spend more, God love you, you should not spend more of your life with coworkers than your family. Amen to that. I mean, it's stupid. i you know what? We're going home for lunch. Maybe we'll go back to work.
1: Maybe we Maybe will not right. Three hour lunch. By I the love way. that. Yeah. Grab and, lunch and a siesta. Yeah, and, and you know what? I ate so much I think I need a nap. Yeah. And probably too much wine at lunch to make it back to the office. Nothing
0: makes me go to sleep faster than day drinking. I'll I tell think you they, what. Oh man.
1: Well, let's hurry up and get to that. So we got to wrap <laughs> this baby here. In let's a few go minutes.
0: over to Cafe Prague with Matt and have our. Uh, that's not bad. Yeah. Man.
1: Our, See how uh, the Czech Republic is doing in Euro qualifying.
0: That's right. I love the uh, Czech var they got over there. Too. It's
1: fantastic. Uh, yeah. From Czech var to var. V-A-R. Oh, nice transition. Thank you. Wow, Via, you're hot today. I'm on fire. You give me two weeks to prepare and I'll come at you. <laughs> the Professional Game Match Officials Limited, or PIGMAL, that their acronym, not mine. Right. PIGMAL apparently oh. wow. has said there have already been four V-A-R, not five, not six, four VAR mm-hmm. mistakes so far in the English Premier League. Man City should have been awarded a penalty when David Silva was caught in the area. Tilsman should have been shown a red for a studs-up challenge on Callum Wilson in the Leicester game. And on and on it goes, Rick. I won't outline all the mistakes, but what do you make of VAR? Is it already a failure? Well, this is... Catastrophic failure.
0: If you remember instant replay when it came into the NFL, there were a lot of mistakes, and they got rid of it. And then after a few years, we brought it back. It's also these guys who have to make this decision... They're like, we're waiting, we're waiting. And now these guys have three weeks to go over like the Zapruder film. You know what? I think they were wrong. So it is bound to happen. And by the way, my favorite European acronym, the buses in Rome, R A T P, Rat P. Oh boy. Rat P is my favorite.
1: <laughs> Nothing like riding Rat P from <laughs> A to B. We call it BART out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Rick Tittle, everybody. Yes. Boop, boop,
0: boop. Yeah. Chick
1: dung. <laughs> You come for the soccer, the Bart Noises are free. Day for the vaping. Oh, it's unbelievable. One more VAR debacle, and I'm sure you remember this. Uh, Aston Villa got that goal against Crystal Palace, but uh, it it was whistled before. Jack Grealish apparently was whistled for a dive. He was fouled. Had they not blown the whistle, they could have reviewed it on VAR. It seems like the referees don't know how to handle this yet.
0: That, you know what? I don't even think we have that handled in the NFL yet. But the bl- whistle was blown. How do we know? Well, I blew the whistle. Well, I stopped playing. Well, don't stop playing till you hear the whistle. But I did hear right. the whistle. So, I mean, it's, it's never going to be a fail-safe mathematical equation. It's always going to have vagaries to it.
1: Match day five in the Prem, Rick, is right around the corner. And none of the big six are playing each other. Really not a lot of great marquee matchups, but... What do you make of, of this week in the Prem and how challenging is it for the Champions League squads to kind of pick their way through lesser opponents in the Prem while still making sure they preserve victory?
0: Well, that's exactly the point. I mean, Tom was playing Crystal Palace and it's a London derby as far as the Eagles are concerned. And, and at Tottenham have already lost a very embarrassing game. And if they take their eyes off the prize, they're not going to get into Europe next year. You have to take care of these teams. And I think with a two-week break and the international transfer window having passed. Um, I think now, uh, hopefully, what they throw out there will be better. Uh, indebele is training again, which is good. The two games he played, they didn't lose, so you could say they really missed him. But I think that's just sort of indicative of any big team is that this is the Premier League, and uh, at any moment, you can blow it like Tottenham did to Newcastle.
1: And you've got no days off in this one. Liverpool actually will open up the match day with... a home date against Newcastle a, a plucky Newcastle team that that's shown some fight
0: I think about when Kevin Keegan was, was the manager, and then when Stan Collymore scored that goal and it ruined it for Newcastle, and then Keegan, the former player, went on TV and said, I would love it. I would love it if they if they ruined their whole season. I always think about Newcastle and Liverpool, that tension from that Kevin Keegan match. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only guy.
1: No, you, yeah. you're probably among many who think in those terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man you is hosting Leicester. Leicester right now. If the season ended today, well, you'd be <laughs> missing out on 34 games, but right. Leicester would be in the Champions League if things ended as they are. What chance do you give Leicester at Old Trafford on Saturday?
0: I give him a puncher's chance. Man United hasn't looked like world beaters, but I mean this is one of the dumbest things that's happened in the last 5 years is Leicester wins the most Storybrooke. If it wasn't for the Robert Hoot goal at Tottenham, Tottenham would have won the Premier League. Not that I remember anything. Right. But Claudio Ranieri, who was shuffled out of bigger clubs, he wins the Premier League. The next year, they get off to a bad start. You're fired. I mean, it's it's one of the most harebrained things I've ever seen. And I, But I like the Foxes a little bit. Lineker's from Leicester. He grew up in Filbert Street. Although now the stadium's called something else. But... Uh, King Power Stadium, I think. King Power. Yeah. So, they have a chance, but I'd probably go Red Devils on that.
1: Rounding out the big six, you've got Wolves, who are right on the border of relegation. They're hosting Chelsea, a Chelsea team that's been up and down, up and down, and that's just over the course of the first 45 minutes in every fixture. Norwich, the Canaries, hosting the Citizens. That's an interesting one, because Man City, while... Just so explosive on offense. They've shown some inconsistencies early. Getting soccer back to Carroll Road in East
0: Anglia. Yes, right outside of Oxfordshire. I almost went to Carroll Road. I kinda wish I, I had back in the day. Um that I think Man City is gonna laugh at that one. I think they're gonna it's gonna be three nothing at the half and then they'll put it in fifth gear probably.
1: Skipping ahead to Sunday, you've <clears throat> got the Gunners. Arsenal is at Watford. Watford right now. Bottom of the table, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there they sit on one point minus six in your goal differential. And then Monday, you've got Villa and the Hammers. We got
0: a tweet, by the way, and we appreciate all the tweets about why don't we talk more about Arsenal? And um, obviously, with a Tottenham fan and a Chelsea fan, we're going to lean that way. But I would say we'll talk all about Arsenal if they do something. We talk, we talk about Man City a lot, yeah. we talk about Man United, we talk about Liverpool. Um, we have nothing against uh, talking about every team, we just need them to do something. We have talked about Arsenal before, but uh, I appreciate everyone who listens and I appreciate the tweets, and you know, whoever's doing something, we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, and Arsenal was doing plenty in the second half against Tottenham, certainly toward the end of the half with mm-hmm. uh, Lacazette. Making it a uh, two-one deficit, and then Obamayang, as I like to call him, or Yang. Yeah, I pronounce it uh, wrong on purpose to make my son angry. Wow, Obamayang. He's like, mm-hmm. Dad, it's not Obamayang; it's Yang.
0: Yeah, Barack Yang. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's not bad actually. Yeah, but uh, Tottenham letting Arsenal back in in that one. The Gunners did play well though. Credit Arsenal, but now to your point, you've got to build on that, and you've got to produce another good result.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know Tottenham really, if you look at it in the league, and they were concentrating so much on the Champions League, but that's no excuse. You, the Tottenham, has not had a very good league record if you go back to the last two months of last season and how it started this year. So they got to pick it up.
1: Crystal Palace right now sits in fourth, so they would be the other Champions League team if the season ended today, (laughs) which is one of the most tired and uh, pathetic, quite frankly. Points of analyses.
0: I uh, I stood. I didn't go in, but I stood outside Selhurst Park, where the days of Brighty and Wrighty, Mark Bright and Ian Wright, they had great teams down there. And uh, Wimbledon, when they left Plough Lane, which was an absolute mud pit, even they- it was there was no grass. It was just Plough Lane, Plough Lane in Wimbledon, South London. They actually moved into Selhurst Park and was a ground share because they're like you're the closest stadium. I think Charlton Athletics said no thanks. Yeah. So. And then, of course, Wimbledon, that was the first ever American franchise free agency. They became MK Dons. They kept their nickname, the Dons, from Wimbledon, or the Wombles, and they moved to Milton Keynes. And so now, MK Dons. And that's where Tottenham found Deli Alley.
1: Milton Burl?
0: <laughs> Milton Keynes. <laughs> oh. It was a city built after World War II, actually, and it's all a giant mall or as we would say, a mall, mm. there's a fake ski slope under a dome. England has about five of these because they don't really have skiing. But instead of taking Ryanair or sleazy jet to Austria and flying back, mm. you can actually go down that hill. I've been to that mall in Melton Keynes, and I'll just tell you a little it's like story. a mall, right? Yes, yeah, a okay. mall. But I went to that mall, and I remember I separated, and I figure I'm pretty good with the, the English-English, but my friend was going one way, and I was going the other, and I said, I'm going to get something to, to drink. I'm going to get a Coke. Do you want anything? And he went mortar i went what he goes mortar. i said mortar he goes drinking mortar. i go oh water i go just pinch your nose for me i got water don't say you want mortar i don't know you know what when we come back next week more mortar this was a production
1: of the 95.7 the game podcast network